We should do um we should definitely do golf sections sometime. Heck yeah. Do you guys see today they finished up the men's um what was it called? Whatever the, the Yeah, the Northern Trust. It's the first round yeah. of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. The no one for the first Pino time in nineteen hundred playoff. Yeah, did you see the were you watching it live? Uh-uh. Oh, they went to a playoff and and Finau hit it like center cut on the drive. They they, they replay the 18th hole for the um for the playoff center drive. The other guy just hits the biggest amateur slice you'll ever see. <laughs> just, just cranks it <laughs> to like a different hole. Like and, and basically after that it was over. But yeah, it was so funny. It was just like yeah, the, the nerves got to him because he just went straight back to old habits. He just cranked a slice. <laughs> damn um yeah yeah that's a that was a beautiful course too i love i love that course in, uh, New hey, Jersey. bmw is at medina i'm pretty sure this year isn't it uh i knew they had some tournament i forgot which one it was because i remember BMW um, is typically at medina which is okay. i work like two minutes from medina yeah so. i mean if it's gonna be like right around if it's not cog hill then it's gonna it's be gonna medina. be medina yeah, yeah. Um, I remember they had the Ryder Cup there, like uh, 20. Welcome back to the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Zane, joined by my co-host, Danny, and our good friend, Corey, is back with us again. It's been a little while since uh, we got you guys a new episode, but we're back. And as always, we will start with drinks. Danny, I'll throw it to you for, uh, you know, how are you doing tonight and what are you drinking? Doing good, doing good. I uh, my parents actually came in last week while I was on my break, and they brought some good beer with them, some Heineken, something that I would never pay for myself. But uh, I'm enjoying the fruits of their labor, so uh, I got Heineken in front of me, and I love it. Very good, very good, Corey. How are you tonight? And uh, what are you drinking? Doing well, and we're gonna go with Gatorade, so we stay doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Tonight I've got a uh, Sierra Nevada beer. It's called Wild Little uh, Wild Little Thing. It's kind of a sour ale, and I'm kind of disappointed to be honest. I'm a little frustrated. But... A sour ale? Yeah, it's like a sour ale. It's more of like a fruit. It's got like fruit notes and stuff, and it's sour. And I mean. I don't know if sours are your thing. It could, it could be good for you, but um, uh, just not my thing. But I will finish it tonight. No, if I have two like sugary type drinks, I'm on the toilet. Even it's if not, I- it's not sugar. It's not sugary. It's just got it's a beer, but it's just got fruit notes, and it's just a little sour. Yeah, no, I'm projectiling into the back of the toilet if I'm drinking that type of beer. <laughs> awesome, good awesome. Lord. Um, so we'll get into our first headline. Uh, this is a little bit older, but it's from last week, and we want to get our thoughts because we were we were placing over under bets on his touchdowns for the season. <laughs> uh, but Tim Tebow was cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> after quite a few of his block attempts went viral on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Corey, I'll throw it to you first here. Uh, good move or bad move by the Jags? And uh, uh, yeah, good move or bad move? Um, I'm going to say a good move because it's it's like the for team building this is a smart move because i mean we all saw the the not blocks right like these were <laughs> yeah these were brutal i mean i know we kind of joked about it in the group chat but there were, there were some brutal whiffs uh he, he looked not great out there you, you lose some jersey sales for sure and uh 
that that sucks. But you make the the smart team building decision by cutting him here. Um, I, I like it. I'd like to point out um, that I believe the under is going to win on touchdowns for two <laughs> So I'm sitting pretty. Yeah, yeah, Danny. What were your thoughts on that? Um, on the blocks and, and whether he should have got cut. Bad move. Bad move. We are leading off the world-famous Empty Bottle Sports podcast with Tim Tebow. I mean, Jacksonville, they're not worried about team building or win. They just got to get, you know, butts in the stands, man. Butts in the seats. And they got Trevor Lawrence, who's not very flashy, but he is like a a generational quarterback. Urban Meyer is awesome. But the person who really moved the needle, Tim Tebow. Number one, two, and three in jersey sales in the NFL, man. I mean, that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars needed, and they just kind of cut their greatest commodity. But you know what? That's good news because the Bears are going to pick them up. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all kind of in the same boat here. I think. Well, I guess you guys disagreed, but I I would say it's a it was a good move. Uh, I really don't think that he was contributing, although I don't think that. People who are like, oh, he's taking up somebody else's chance. It's like no fourth string tight end is making any rosters. <laughs> it would have washed out anyway. But yeah, he didn't look good. And I just don't think that one, he's athletic enough to beat linebackers. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to block. He's gonna have to do something he doesn't want to do eventually. And clearly he was not uh engaged on those plays. So it just looked like maybe he wanted some glamour plays as a receiver uh, or something like that. But I, those, um, those hopes have been cut short. Um, it's been really, I, for some reason, like preseason to me has been kind of exciting this year just yeah. because of all the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. I've been watching all the highlights. So uh, Daniel, I'll throw it to you. Uh, rookie of the year. Is it going to be one of the quarterbacks or do you think there's a sleeper who might emerge as rookie of the year? Uh, it's tough right now. Also, really quick, uh, the Jaguars are losing 14-0 to right now. Um, so maybe they that's could have used get. Tebow. Yeah, yeah, that's what they get for cutting Tebow. But, I mean, it is just preseason, but, you know, we're a podcast, so we're going to overreact. And I'm going to say, I would say Justin Fields, but just looking at the personnel he has around him, it's just terrible. He just has nobody to throw to. He's running for his life. He looks like he's Joe Burrow last year, just just having mm-hmm. no weapons around him, uh, you know, because he's playing with second stringers because Andy Dalton's getting all the first string stuff right now. So it's hard to get a good read on him. But I would, man, if I had to pick one person, I would probably pick. Um, oh, shoot. Who got picked by the Jets? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, just because he's starting um, and is gets everything although trevor lawrence is going to start though too but god actually man i don't i'm not gonna do trey lance so i'd probably have to do either um yeah now i'm flipping i'm gonna go trevor lawrence just because he has more weapons around him uh yeah very interesting i'll go last Corey. um one of the five qbs gonna get rookie of the year or do you have a, a sleeper pick yeah, I think you got to go with one of the QBs. I'm, I'm honestly not overly excited about most of the rookies this year. Um, might be a hot take because there are some some big name quarterbacks out there. You brought up the Jets quarterback Wilson. I I want to hate him. I don't know. I think it's just his face. He didn't do anything to me. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. He's just got one of those faces. But 
uh, you know, feel bad for saying that, but no, I don't. I lied. Um, I think he does have I'm, one of those. I, my dad's a lawyer type faces. Yeah, I just I can't do it. I, I don't like <laughs> one it. Of those, who do you What's, know here type faces? Yeah, yeah the TikTok. <laughs> my papa. No, um, it's. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with Lance. Actually, it's funny you brought that up. I think he's gonna take Jimmy G's job, and he's got a supporting cast that could uh, could help a rookie quarterback along the way there. And I just I'm not as excited about everyone else. Like Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a whole lot to work with, and I'm not that high on him anyway. And I just can't bet on Ohio State quarterbacks, and I just can't <laughs> bet on your pairs. So, yeah, I, I will say, yeah, the the Forty Niners. They, I mean, that team was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, so um, that's that's definitely not too far off. And Trey Lance does have a lot of weapons available to him. Yeah, um, I like those picks. Um, I, but but I mean, if we're if we're gonna say Justin Fields has no weapons, I mean Trevor Lawrence has no weapons. The Jaguars picked first for a reason. That team's terrible. So are the Jets. I mean, the Jets got Corey Davis, but the Jets. It's not like the Jets are loaded. So I think those three guys are in the same situation, same boat. Um, probably Mac Jones too. I mean, Cam Newton last year had nobody to throw to either. Um, so everybody but Trey Lance really is a little bit depleted. Wait, Zane, last week, didn't you say that um, Gardner Minshew led a good offense with the Jaguars, though? That he was competent? If you ever <laughs> want to be back on this show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was Gardner a bit Minshew. of a hot take by Zane, but hey. That was. That Gardner was like, Minshew, don't even that, that, start. <laughs> no, yeah. That was the a Kendrick Car- Perkins hot take right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm going to go sleeper pick. Jamar Chase, rookie of the year. <laughs> putting him at. Six over under six, I would say over on the touchdowns. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase can have one heck of a year, obviously. So I will pick uh, Jamar Chase for rookie of the year. I love that pick. That's a good pick. That's a home. I didn't pick. know. I I didn't know Joe Burrow wasn't going to play against Washington. I was so disappointed. So I I I cleared my schedule for that game just to watch one possession for Joe Burrow. <laughs> so, alrighty, here we got a lot of people moving around in free agency. Um, probably more active than I can than I can remember in the last couple of years. Um, Corey, who do you think is going to have the biggest uh, and or the best year moving to a new team? Couple options here: Matt Stafford, Julio Jones, JJ Watt, Sam Darnold, etc. Who who do you like as a new you know in a new fit, new scheme? You know, out of all those, I don't I don't think it's a terribly hard choice. I'm, I think Stafford. Uh, he's been one of the most consistently underrated and untalked about quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, we've joked about how Patrick Mahomes can flick a booger and ESPN covers it for three days straight on prime time every time. But Matt Stafford makes a lot of the throws that Mahomes gets, you know, people kissing his whole butt for. But I mean, they're impressive. Don't get me wrong. But I think Stafford just just walked into a better team, probably. Well, definitely better coached, better better athletes around him. He's actually got something to work with now. Detroit hasn't given him anything since they've lost Megatron. Uh, I think he is primed to to put up some huge numbers, even compared to the big numbers he's put up in the past. Um, if it's not him, though, Julio's got some got some upside there. Yeah, you, you could choose anybody in the league if you want. Or you could just those are just a couple options, but uh, I think Stafford's the go-to. Yeah, yeah, Stafford was a big move for the for the Rams. Danny, what are your what are your thoughts? A lot of a lot of new people and new teams. Who's going to have the best year? 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Stafford, just Detroit, just like like Corey said, without Megatron there, has had really nobody around him there. And he, you know, everybody recognizes him, recognizes him as like a top tier or top half of the league quarterback. And then with the potential to be probably like top eight, if he's got the right people around him and now he has the right people around him. And we talked about with the rookie quarterbacks, the same thing with Matt Stafford. Um, I really, really love to see, I don't know, him just go off and just kind of just prove himself as being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So really like that pick JJ Watt. I mean, he's just past his prime. I think he's, he just wanted out of Houston just because it's, we said we've done episodes about it just being a dumpster fire right now um it's not a good place right now uh julio jones though it would be cooler it's just i mean ryan Tannehill's a he's a good quarterback i he's just it that offense just revolves around derrick henry though so it's uh, at the very least, Julio Jones is going to have more. Um, he's not going to have as much attention on him, and I think he's going to get more one-on-one opportunities, which should benefit him, especially in the red zone too. Uh, but Matthew Stafford, that's my choice. Yeah, uh, if they don't make the NFC Championship, is that a is that a failure for the Rams? What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a bust if they don't. It's a it's it a bust. At, yeah. at least NFC Championship. Yep. Yep. You got to make it there. Otherwise, it's a bust. Yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford is, you know, a marquee pickup for the Rams. I, I'm really intrigued, though, uh, for Sam Darnold. I think uh, a fresh start for Sam Darnold. What's what's kind of sad is, like, it took the beating up of Sam Darnold for the Jets <laughs> to get their, you know, shit together. And now Zach Wilson's probably going to get a few more weapons and be like, oh, Zach Wilson's our savior. But <laughs> it, it took everybody beating up on Sam Darnold for that to happen. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, well, I mean, he's injured for most of last year. So people probably forget how good he is. Um, so I'm, I'm very in, interested to see Carolina this year. Um, I'm thinking maybe playoffs, you know, Sam Darnold. I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Sam Darnold than I think, you know, maybe most people are. Um, so I, I'm i intrigued to see if they can make the playoffs this year. I think he could have a, a really, a really big year. Yeah, I think he's a better Jets quarterback. Jets gave up on him. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah they, they gave up on him fast, man. It was He was the only thing that kept them halfway competitive for an entire season there they had nothing his best players were hurt the whole year and they weren't even that good to begin with yeah i i I think he gets a lot of people ragging on him for new york is new york and the media is going to do that to no matter who's playing there but i feel like he got a lot of unfair criticism all right and um Actually, in between our, our last couple episodes, it looks like this uh, this headline's become a little bit more concrete. Uh, it looks like the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will be um, forming an alliance um, against, obviously, the SEC. Uh, the Big 12 was apparently just left out. Um, <laughs> is the youngest child in the group. Um I'll throw it to you, Danny. Good idea, bad idea for them to uh, join up as an alliance? Uh, no, it's a great idea. I, I I would assume that they're just going to keep it to just like scheduling for football and not so much as like just like making just a super conference because that would essentially just be NCAA because then 
you know, they make a super conference and they're like, oh, let's just divide it by regions and we'll call it the ACC Big Ten and the Pac-12 and back at square one. So I think it's just like some crossover games more so than you would see like more than just one a year. Um, I like it just because you have to do something. you got to do something. If you're not going to expand your own conference, you've got to find some way to compete with the SEC. The Big Ten already had already makes more money than the SEC, like each school does. Um, but with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, it's probably going to be SEC, if not equal, put them a little bit ahead. So this puts them on an even playing field. Um, and it's also a good idea to leave the Big 12 out because the remaining schools, uh, there's not really any needle movers on there. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. Slim Pickens left in the Big 12 there and it just kind of got hung out to dry by Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Corey, what do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the alliance between the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12? Sure. Yeah, this is, um, this, it's an alliance of necessity at this point. Um, I think, I think it's not going to last too long. What they're going to do is watch to see how this goes for the SEC. I think we all know it's going to go just fine for them. Uh, this was a, this was a smart move by the SEC, but uh, they effectively blew up the NCAA for a year. Um, and now this is like the allies trying to scramble against the axe. Like it's, it's a mess. Um, I think what this is going to do is this is going to bind, you know, that Alliance together for a year, maybe two while they start trying to figure out which teams are the best to poach. And I think probably the big 10, I mean, would be like the marquee out of all of those, I would assume. Um, they'll, they'll probably try and figure out which teams they want to poach if this continues to work for the sec and, there's not some sort of fallout from that for them. Um, I could I could see this being, like I said, about a year or two, but I think it's going to blow up, and one of these one of these conferences is going to start poaching, and it'll fall apart, and it'll probably be the Big Ten. Yeah, blood is in the water, man. That's for sure. Yeah, the SEC started some stuff here. Yeah, and the the Big Twelve is going to pay for it. <laughs> they already did. Yeah. Yeah, they're toast. They're screwed. <laughs> they're they're going to be a carcass by the end of this. Yeah, I think it's kind of an an interesting proposition because if they if they want to make an alliance, I I presumably that means they're gonna have mark like a lot of marquee matchups, big games. So they might end up just beating up on each other, getting a worse record, and then more SEC schools get into the playoff. Like it just, I'm not sure what's going to happen if if they're going to if they need because they want to boost they probably want to boost revenue boost ratings so they're going to have to put mar- like the big teams together so but you got to think we're also moving to 12 teams pretty soon and that was at the urging of the sec because that's they what knew, i mean they're just gonna they're just oh, gonna, oh, I you're talking about just gonna beat up on each other yeah. and then that just allows more sec teams to get in yeah because the sec Possibly. still has bottom bottom feeder teams but if these guys make an alliance they're gonna have to play all the, they're going to have to play the best. Like Illinois is not going to, not Illinois. Sorry, somebody's going to have to play Illinois. <laughs> Instead of playing Illinois, you know, Ohio State's going to have to play somebody from the, you know, a good team from the Pac-12 or the ACC. You know, there's no point in the alliance if you're just going to go play the the crappy teams from the, you know, right. From the ACC. True. True. The point of an alliance is so that you you put big games together so that your your super conference gets more popular essentially right, right. is yeah. the way I was thinking Oregon would have to it's play not a crappy team like 
you know, yeah. Illinois or Michigan or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> let's let's not forget this does also for the SEC hinge upon Texas and Oklahoma not being terrible. Oklahoma's been up for a while. Texas has been kind of coming back, I guess you could say, but Texas had a long time where they were terrible. Yeah. And I don't think that they're that far removed from it. I mean, yes, it's a huge program that's going to make them money. But as far as being more relevant or, or like Zane pointed out, they could potentially push more SEC teams into the playoffs. This could hurt them, too, because if they end up being like, I mean, Oklahoma, I don't think they have to worry about as much. But if Texas is a bottom feeder SEC team, oops, <laughs> we screwed <laughs> up. <laughs> we have another Tennessee on our hands. And it's another ugly color of orange, shade of orange. God, man, how do you, God, I mean, you got to be feeling if you're Arkansas or Vanderbilt right now. I mean, you you already thought you had a bad, and now you got to bring in two other schools that are no doubt better for you. I mean, that's two losses on your schedule right there. Guaranteed. Yeah, that's it. That's tough. Okay, wrap it up. Final topic. Uh, We've seen two games now of Justin Fields. Um. Danny, what do you think? Is he the savior for the Bears? Should he be starter week one? Yes, but that's just more fandom wise. I mean, it's hard to say. I want, I like, I fandom wise, yes, but just like X and O's, what it's just hard. Like, it looks like he has all the intangibles there, and it looks like he's a great football player. It's just he's been playing with all the backups and stuff in the preseason. So, and I haven't been to any practices where he's done for, uh, first stringers. So, it's kind of hard to tell if he's great with the first teamers or if he's just a rookie and that he needs more time to develop um so i'll say yes yeah i think he should start week one all right Corey. i don't know if you've been able to watch some of his highlights um you know we get the games local here so i've been watching but um what are your thoughts on justin fields should they go should they go with him for the week one start um First, I think he could be the savior for the Bears. Um, they need one, and this kid is crazy athletic. I mean, he can make the throws, he can run, he can run you over. This kid's a gamer. But I am a huge fan of not throwing a rookie into the fire first year. I don't. I'm not big on the sink or swim, and this is why so many of these these kids get one, two years in the NFL, get hurt right away and then their career is screwed because they've been given up on or they're permanently you know broken i mean not that he's permanently broken but look what happened to burrow he got thrown onto a hey, terrible hey, team. hey, hey, hey. he's not and done he got for. absolutely he's coming i back. know i actually think he's, he's getting comeback great. player of the year okay there's no he's gonna be great don't mind. get me wrong but imagine how great he'd be if he didn't get broken the first year because he's on a terrible team with no offensive line i mean he true. kept them in those games I don't I don't like the whole throw the rookie to the wolves first year in if your team's not gonna if you're not in a Super Bowl contending team and you're just a quarterback away, then why are you sacrificing your future on that high draft pick you took? Why why throw him to the wolves, you know? And I don't I don't think the Bears are gonna win it all, even if he's great. So True. No, I, I think that's a really good point. Um if you guys remember last year, the Chargers actually started Tyrod Taylor. Um, at the beginning of the year, and then, I mean, then Justin Herbert took over, and look how good of a season he had. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point, Corey. That, that you don't need to, you know, start him day one. And I was well, Tyrod but, Taylor, like, like the doctor almost killed him. I think. Well, yeah, there was like yeah, a long thing, right? Yeah, but he started the season. Did, yeah. did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought yeah, he, he was, 
I thought no, he, was he out. started the season. He played like three games or something like that. Uh, but but anyway, I I watched the I watched the game. I just I think they should play Justin Fields the whole game, um, the third preseason game, because I don't think you get any benefit from starting Andy Dalton. We know what he is. We know you know. Yeah. I I think that's fine. So because there's a couple things. He was one. He was missing. Justin Fields missed quite a few throws in that game, like high. He wasn't under pressure, and he just missed the guy high. And he, I mean, he could. He showed that he could run. He's very athletic. He was getting out of the pocket and making really, really good plays. Um, he's a little bit inaccurate, but that could just be jitters. Obviously, he's more accurate than me. So, <laughs> um, uh, but there was one play. I don't know if you saw the one play where he just got rocked and his helmet went flying yeah, off. That was. The way and the way that the announcer was saying it was that he he called the protection, but he didn't realize he called the, that protection to slide left. So he 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 needs a little. I think he might need a little bit more time, a little bit more reps, which is why I think we should play him um, the whole the whole third game, and then then really that'll be a great great way to evaluate whether or not he should be the week one starter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, simply he just needs more game reps too. I mean, even if he's the savior, he's still a rookie, like Corey was saying. I mean, he's still just practice makes perfect. And if you got the chance in the preseason, might as well, right? Yeah, I mean, look at two. <clears throat> Sorry, Zane. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, look at two of the two of the best quarterbacks of all time. And Tom Brady, he didn't start right off the bat. I mean, granted, he was not a first round draft pick either, but he didn't start right off the bat. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for how long? Through all the retirement, not retirement, retirement again, but I'm not retiring stuff. Like these yeah. dudes came out and had, I mean, that Brady. Pat Mahomes sat a full year. Well, 17 yeah. or 17, six, whatever, 16 or 17 games. So, yeah, I think, I think there's more uh, upside to letting them wait on it and kind of fine tune them, polish them up a little bit. There's way more evidence for that being good than just throwing them to the wolves. How quick is the trigger, though, to pull Dalton and put Fields in? Because I feel like once you put Fields in, you can't take him out. Like, you just got to stick with yeah. him for the rest of the year. It's not like if he starts playing bad, you put in Dalton. It's like. Um, how good's your offensive line? <laughs> uh, not good. It's, it's a piecemeal. It, then eat, it all depends the on where on they the are in the, in the division. If they've got, if they've still got a chance, like if they're the, it's like the NFC least again, where it's like they're all, <laughs> they all finish the season five and 11 or whatever, then, you know, you could wait a little bit longer. But if, 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 if they get to like five games into the season and they're actually hanging around, but you can tell the team's not really good. And they need a jolt. I think you. I think you could put them in. But if the if the Packers if the Packers are having a crazy season, and they're six and one, and you're you know whatever two and two and five. There's no, just let it ride. I'll let Dalton finish the season out or whatever. You know. The way I see it is eat the year, take the L, let Dalton do what he can, and then uh, fine tune your your rookie quarterback, and then uh, get a better draft pick to help him out next year. It uh, doesn't matter. We traded our next four years of draft picks, I think, to get Khalil Mack and uh, move up for Fields. So, another another note that don't do that. I just I don't think we have a first round pick for like the next two or three years, and then I think we're also missing a second rounder or third rounder in there too. Because so, Ryan Pace is just giving out our draft picks like it's candy on <laughs> Halloween. That's tough. True, true. All right, let's get it. Uh, let's get it wrapped up here, uh, Danny. 
How was your Heineken? It was awesome. It was getting me pumped because th- last weekend was the last weekend without football, uh, you know, not counting preseason. So we got Illinois, Nebraska coming up on Saturday, week zero. They'll have the eyes of the college football world, the pine, Champagne, urbana Let's go, Illini. Let's go. Let's go. Corey, how was your Gatorade? Oh, it was quite hydrating. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And actually, I will be rooting for your Illini. Let's go. Let's go. And actually, we'll get a um, Illinois preview out here and then a Bears preview out here in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that, too. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Sierra Nevada, wild little thing. It's just not going to be a buy again, but um, it was OK for tonight. So uh, we thank everybody for listening and um, we'll see you guys next week.